because Leo feels very strongly, adamantly, that no one should ever dual boot anything. Ever. And and Rocco feels like there's not everybody enough. Should everybody should dual boot. Like, everybody. Yeah. Cut that out. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. That was it. That you just had to put that joke in. Okay, so I gotta, I gotta wrap it up. I gotta that wrap. Was, that up was that was that was me just setting you up to 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 fall. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I did the Charlie Brown Lucy football. Just ripped that sucker right away. <laughs> Please continue to follow along as we continue to detest. Wait, we're gonna detest it. No, <laughs> I'll re-record that. We're gonna detest so the web. Like, sorry, you can't give that away this Joe. early. Detest. <laughs> We might. Hello, I am Dan. One I'm of ready us does. To take, I'm ready to take the test. <laughs> Can somebody give me the test? <laughs> I am ready for the test. I want, give me the test. F's for Dan. Anyway, I'll try that again. up on this episode of Linux User Space, we try on two boots, we'll discuss distributions from afar, and we have an app focus that will help you find your way. Welcome to Linux User Space. I'm Dan. I'm Rocco. I'm Joe. And I'm Leo. So Leo, I hear you've been doing a little gaming. A little bit. Retro gaming. Uh, I've been... I, I've That's had this, not gaming, Leo. It That's is not definitely gaming. gaming. On a Kyocera, no less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> An HP Kyocera 1234. I, I think that's about right. It plays Doom. I'm sure it plays Doom. So I'm pretty sure, I haven't looked at it, I can't remember if it's Doom or Wolfenstein, but pre-installed on Batacera, which is a, uh, a, a retro gaming distro, kind of like uh, Laka or RetroPie. Um, it comes with a few different games, but my intention was to get back into the old games that I used to play when I was a little boy. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, 2, 1, um, oh man, just the, the whole list, right? Tetris. I actually uh, have a RetroPie on a Pi Zero, and it has a uh, Joy Bonnet that goes right on it, so it becomes the controller, and then you plug that right in. That's pretty awesome. And I've got uh, a bunch of Nintendo games on there, so... Dan, that's not going to work out too well if you get upset and throw the controller. You can yeah. break the whole yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not good. It's not made for that. No, no. I have been really wanting to build one of those, um, like retro boys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where it's, I mean, where it's, it's straight up a Game Boy, but with uh, Raspberry Pi insides. I've been wanting to do that, but uh, in lieu of that, I had this little HP stream that was just sitting in a corner. It's got like an Intel Celeron on it. Doesn't do much. Yeah. Um, and it certainly didn't do much for me. But it kind of became a, a portable Super Nintendo for me. And I had a couple of DualShock 3 PlayStation controllers from way back in the day, from when PlayStation 3 was new. This thing has just been sitting, uh, these, these controllers have been sitting in a box for a while. Nice. That's not fun at all. Not yet. Well, actually, it was for me. Setting it all up is fun. That's cheating. 
You you need you need a, an up down left right that will half the time break if you try and go at an angle and two buttons. Yes. That's it. Right. One button that sticks. <laughs> yeah, you have too many buttons. So one of the one of these PlayStation controllers actually does that, um, and it creaks all the time when you're hitting the directional pad. I mean, it, I, I guess every controller's D pad does this eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my silver DualShock Three controller does this, but. The, the funny thing about it was it's super easy to install. Um, I actually installed it through LMDE because it's meant to live on an SD card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up booting up LMDE Live with the, um, with the image already pre-dropped onto the same USB drive. And I just used GNOME Disks to do uh, a restore of the image to the internal disk. Because it's, it's weird. This HP stream has... A, I guess it's like an SD card internal. It doesn't have like a real hard drive or anything. But anyway, long story short, that was super easy. If you, I guess, if you know what you're doing. Um, and once I got that on there, it just started. It's time to dump games. Um, mm. And what it was, I think my daughter fell in love with uh, the original Super Mario Brothers. I don't yes. know how many times I counted her dying from that very first Goomba on the very first stage. Oh, it's... <laughs> but <laughs> she got into the habit of, and I, I used to do this too. When you okay, if y'all remember the stage, mm-hmm. you run into it. There's that one uh, question mark block that you hit. Yep. Before you hit anything else, she yep. just she loved hitting it. But every time she hit it, it, you'd straight back down right into the Goomba. And it just had me laughing for, and I'm, I'm serious, days. Yeah. Days, because she keeps doing it. But anyway, th- this is all an attempt to get her into into video games, and it seems like uh, it worked. So nice. DualShock 3 controllers work amazing over Bluetooth. That was fantastic. But I wanted to get her her own controller. So I went and bought an 8-bit Doe SN30 Pro, I think. It's the one, it, it's a Super Nintendo shape. Yellow because it's her favorite color, without the joysticks. So it's it's just straight up a super NES controller, but Bluetooth, mm. and that works fantastic as well. So retro gaming, you need if, if you want that old Super Nintendo controller, eight bit dough. They are awesome. We just pull up the Super Nintendo controller and put it into the Super Nintendo. I mean, isn't that? Isn't that what most people do? Well, that's what you have to do with the old Super Nintendo. But now we got <laughs> right. wireless Bluetooth, all kinds of fun features, man. No, man, I want to. I want to. Oh, the cartridge. I haven't done that in years. Yeah. Rip the console off the stand because the cord's not long enough. The, you know, oh, that's yeah, fun. Your that feet too, not long right? enough, man. Yeah, yeah. No. and the plug. The plug is like. 15 connectors tall yep. going into there for for bent f- over because it's all four cute. buttons and it, a it yeah. doesn't sound like this is going to support call of duty black ops cold war you, not not out. this laptop it won't uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think there's a uh modern pc category in uh when you know you're st- cycling through mega drive and super nes and all that yeah i don't think there's a play triple a titles in there what you need to do is start with her now and just hit this just just teach the speed runs. That's what we did with Mario oh, wow. and Super Mario. We would just speed run and die, speed run, die, speed run, die. And it is so much fun. We've been, yesterday we were doing it on a Rayman Legends and just just speed running as far. And my son was dying every time I would die. Just, it's the funniest. <laughs> it's it's a blast. It's I don't ever want to play video, side-scrolling video games normally again. I just want to speed run. I want to give that a go. I think I'll give it a shot. All right, so we recently discussed in uh, a previous episode that Joe totally 
nuked his his whole entire system because he was trying to you know set up another operating system and uh do you mean dual boot i think that's where we're going with that he was trying to dual boot or triple boot or quad boot i don't know how many you know this this is all a little foggy to me what is the number for 16 but like the equivalent of dual because i think that's what joe's at yeah i i I don't remember any of this i are you sure it was me (laughs) it wasn't the other the other joe Okay. No, we, we can go back you. to episode seven and listen. Yeah, I mean real that's quick. you know water bridge pass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we don't you know we don't go back. We move forward. What? Why would you want to do such a thing? Uh, wipe your drive? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you just like to be clean, you know. Because you gotta you gotta you gotta change just gotta things start up over every yeah, once in a while. Yeah, you know the, after that I. I thought my computer looked dusty, so I threw a bucket of water on it. I mean, it just sometimes you got to mix things up and, and get it going. But there's a lot of reasons why. Okay. A lot of reasons why you'd want to dual boot. If you want to just try out new stuff, but you're a little cautious and you don't want to leave the comforts of where you've been. So that that's one reason I know that uh, dual booting comes up quite often for, for folks. I can tell you that so many times the dual boot question comes up when it comes to gaming. I mean, we just opened the show with gaming uh, and that's a little bit different because it's on a separate thing but when you want to game on your computer there are times where you're going to want to play a game that doesn't run on linux i know that burns you up leo well hold on what what does it run on bsd <laughs> it might run on windows <laughs> probably not BSD. and you may want to dual boot windows with linux oh, and there are okay. there are a lot of gamers out there that want to play on linux but still need Windows for certain games. And I'll be honest with you, I'm one of those. It is the reason I blew out my drive because I was trying to game on Windows. Yep. I have my Windows and I consider it a, I consider my Windows drive a console. Mm -hmm. I boot into it. I play a game. I boot out of it right back into Linux. But it is still there because I do need it. Because unfortunately, until Call of Duty comes out day one and is supported on Linux... I still need a Windows machine. I, I got to agree there. I mean, I've got I've got a Windows disk. This is where I think we're going to differ a lot. I've got a Windows disk that uh, that I will boot into uh, anytime I want to play any game at full frame rate. You know, I mean, Linux is great, but but there's a lot of times when if you need that extra performance edge, Windows is going to give that to you a lot of times. But Linux is caught up in a lot of ways. So as far as all that goes, I'll totally agree with that. I I find satisfaction in, in Linux as far as uh, all the games I want to play. So I, I don't find the need to dual boot. There are a couple of things I do in Windows. Um, but for me, I might run a, a VM to, to accomplish those. So I don't see the need to dual boot. So an, another reason, um, and I know this is definitely for me, aside from gaming, is for business. Um, there are cer- certain applications that we run in my office that I have to have on a Windows partition. It's just there's no other way around it. They do they do not run on the web and they do not run in Linux. So yep. that's another reason where you yep. want to have the you, you've got to have the tools you need to do your job, um, but you like to live your life in Linux. So yeah, yeah. It, it's the classic Microsoft Office, Adobe Photoshop, and AutoCAD don't run on Linux, so I got to do it somewhere. And that's typically Windows. Well, you can get around some of those, but it's hard to get around older programs that companies stick with that are never going to be supported on Linux. Yeah, so. We use QuickBooks. Quick QuickBooks. We've been in QuickBooks for 18 years. 
it, it's like it, it's not we're not leaving QuickBooks. I've got to be able to do everything I need to do in QuickBooks. Yep, yep. and that's uh, that's the anchor that keeps my office in Windows. Well, I was leaving the day, day job out of this, but uh, there's a lot of Windows things I do there too. So I, I do get that, but I have a purpose machine just to run windows for the most part um so yeah and this may come as a shock to some people because we're a linux podcast Mm -hmm. but there are times when you need these things yep so and nobody should be shamed out of using the tool that they need to use to get the job done or to do what they need to do absolutely yeah you got to have the right tool for the job I, i don't you know software is is one of those weird places in Linux, especially where I don't know that many carpenters that are like, ah, not that hammer. I think right? it was made in a factory that doesn't have health insurance or so, you know, so there's just like, ah, you know, I just need a hammer to beat this nail in. Right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times it's more like I refuse to use a hammer. I'm just going to use the back of this screwdriver and hope for the best, <laughs> you know, that's called laziness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did hang a camera this weekend and used the bottom of a drill as a as a nail. So that's you know I understand. So that. we we've discussed the why, um, we've discussed the who. Um, the question is, Joe, you're the expert in this. How do we do that? There are a lot of ways to do it. We want the right way. Wait a minute. Wait Experts a minute. kind of off the last conversation I'm that sorry, we just had. Did I had. say Joe? I think I meant Leo. I, uh, <laughs> you know, so as the resident expert of of how to successfully multi multi boot dual boot octa quad nine boot um, asterisk. Yeah. Asterisk. This was, yeah, I, yeah. It's weird to have this show after the first time I've ever blown out something like that. <laughs> However, uh, there's a lot of ways to do it. And I know, um, you know, we've talked about some of the subtle ways that you can kind of get your toes wet first, um, rather, whether that's running a VM, maybe you're running in WSL2, um, there's, there's that. But when you decide you want to go multiple OSs booting on one or multiple disks, there's uh you, you need to start reading up uh, on the internet and and really follow probably i think I, my first time i followed some tutorials i really found somebody i trusted and and started going through it that way i think that's one of the biggest caveats about this whole dual boot thing you know whether you use a disk or whether you use a partition you've got to be willing to get your hands dirty because sometimes not all the time it's actually way better now than it's ever been in the past but sometimes something goes wrong and you know worst case scenario you're just well i guess maybe not worst case scenario i mean joe's worst case scenario yeah. but yeah <laughs> boy never living this down <laughs> never never maybe by episode 2025 20, something like that maybe to help mitigate that a little bit a word of advice is to make sure you have a backup and backups to your backup um, and so, so, he's so to you. overrated. Test your backups. So yeah, maybe overrated. even test your backups so that you actually have a backup. I mean, those are all yeah. good things. All good things. Well, I yeah. mean, really, I guess my point was, you know, don't be afraid to kind of look into, well, what if things go wrong? This mm-hmm. way, if something does go wrong, yeah, there's already going to be that panic factor. But, I mean, you'll already have an idea of how to start getting things back on track. Like, how do I fix the Windows bootloader? How would I fix Grub? What happens if it just says, you know, Grub can't find this or that? Something like that. You'll you'll have seen those error messages and it won't be so scary. 
The, the other thing I think is important is even before you attempt to dual boot or, or install another OS, get into your BIOS. Like know, know your way around there. Uh, understand how that works because whether you have a Lenovo, uh, if you have a Dell, if you have a Acer, they all have a different experience within there. Some of them have, uh, especially in the laptop world, you're, yeah. you're much more limited in the laptop world as far as how that BIOS is going to run because it comes from a factory. They do these kind of rubber stamp things. And, and it, if you want to feel like some retro gaming, how about some retro computing? Boot into some of these older BIOS screens and it's... If you don't know what you're looking at, um, you need to get fresh on some of the terminology that's involved in there because it just may not all make sense. And it's good to be familiar with that stuff before you're in there trying to fix something. Definitely. Yep. Do your research, I think, is kind of what all this boils down to, right? Well, the question is, do we have any tips for people who are wanting to dull boot? You know, we're not going to give a full tutorial out on dull booting. We're not going to. You no. need to do the research yourself. But are there anything that is, is there anything that you guys have done by experience and said, okay, I'm never doing that again. I'll do it this way from now on. I think one of the things that sets me apart from, uh, I, I think maybe Joe and Rocco, uh, Dan, I don't, I don't, do you do full disc or are you a partition guy? Um, I'm usually full disc. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, I think that puts you on my side of the fence is that I'll dedicate an entire disc I mean, I, I make purchases of my laptops to say I need more than one disk slot mm -hmm. so that if I ever want to do something like this, I can do it. Otherwise, I mean, I got a whole other disk slot to just make storage, which is cool. Um, and then on desktops, it's real easy to just add more disks. To add to that, I actually got one of those uh, hard drive carriers that go in your CD-ROM slot so that I can put another disk in a machine that only had one slot. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, that, that's really where my focus is because uh, I've run into, uh, Rocco, to your point, I've run into situations where Grub blows up for some reason yes. or another, and it happened to be on the disk that I had another Grub bootloader on, and then I partitioned it out and added another operating system to it, and then Grub freaked out, and I've had situations where I've, I've blown my Windows bootloader apart, um, and, and it all stemmed from running it off of a single disk. So, I mean, I, I just, I wiped my hands clean of all of that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to dedicate a whole disc to it. And I'm not going to worry too much about it. But I, I am so right there with you, though. I have had so many experiences through the years. I mean, I've dual booted Windows ever since I moved to Linux. I've always had a dual boot drive. Or I should say, I've always had a dual boot. I started out with partitions and experienced those same issues. Those same problems were mind-boggling frustrating like they were just so frustrating to get everything set up and where you think it's set up and then oh you messed up windows somehow oh yeah or, or windows is like hey i'm gonna update now just kill grub exactly goes linux so definitely in my opinion you should have it on a separate drive i go so far as to if i have to reinstall windows i will either unplug or pull out the linux drive when i reinstall windows that way i have nothing to worry about and i'm not blowing anything up and it's on windows and everything on windows is on that drive and linux is on its own separate drive and i plug it back in and everything boots fine it's not every day that i can be the 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 lesser paranoid guy on the show 
I've done it so many times that that's why I'm so paranoid. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I would say is, in my opinion, in my experience, I think you need to install Windows first. Absolutely. And oh, then yeah. Linux. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, because if you do it the opposite way, it causes issues. Yeah. E even <laughs> even separate disks, man. Even separate disks, I will still install Windows first. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. The um there there's and there's some there's some nice uh, tools out there now too. Um, it used to be uh, I don't fight with Grub anymore. I don't mess with Grub anymore. I don't use Grub anymore, even though that's what comes by default. Um, a couple, I guess it's probably been two years now. I stumbled across Refind which is another bootloader um, other than Grub, and it is phenomenal. Um, it's a little different to set up, and, but actually rather easy to install, but it has solved a lot of problems that I used to run into with, with Grub. Um, uh, one of those things you'll find out if you do multiple boot, especially so like in, the, in my XPS laptop, it's a OneDrive laptop. There's no option for a second drive. It is, it's a one uh, NVMe drive. That's it. So I have a terabyte drive in there. Um, do you guys want to hear, do I want to tell you how it's partitioned? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tell us. Yeah. If, if there's any, ever a show that you can do this, it's this yes. one. So my, my uh, NVMe drive, it's one terabyte. The, it is partitioned with, uh, I've got uh, 500 gigs are windows. Then I've got a hundred gigs for Ubuntu, 100 gigs for Pop! OS, 100 gigs for Manjaro. Currently, I have 50 gigs for uh, OpenSUSE and 50 gigs for, um, what's that other one we're playing around with this month? Deepin? You know. Deepin. 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 <laughs> I've tried to erase it from my mind. Um, so, <laughs> so That's not a preview. So... So yeah, I've got those those split up, and and they may g give or take, uh, you know, five ten gigs in there. But that's pretty much how it's set up. I have one partition, which is five hundred and twelve megabytes, and it is for the uh, BIOS boot partition. Now, what I do, and you guys might cringe, <laughs> is when I go in and install these. Um, what I learned to do is I let Windows have its its boot area. Alone, I leave it away. I, I believe it's by default at the beginning of the disk, mm -hmm. and it's like a little what sixteen meg partition or something, fourteen meg partition. It's small, um, but I then install all of them into that one five twelve uh, area. Now, when you are when I'm uh, installing them, what I just do is I uncheck format this partition. So I don't format the partition each time. It just adds it in there because I'm not going to use it anyways. Because what I'm going to do is install Refind, and Refind automatically goes and finds all of your bootable devices or partitions, you know, on boot. So it's it's not even so I don't have to worry about the Manjaro era or error or or using Arch because that was a big problem. If you installed Manjaro before you and then you installed Ubuntu. And then Grub came up for Ubuntu and you tried to boot Manjaro, uh-uh. Same with Endeavor OS. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. going to happen because uh, those Arch-based distributions like to be in control. And the reason I ended up with Refind is I was struggling with Manjaro and Endeavor on the same disk and I just couldn't get them to, to talk. Found Refind, solved all my problems. It boots Windows, it boots, you put in a USB, it was even an option. So uh, and we're going to talk a lot more about Refind, but there are tools out there that 
can help you have a better experience than it used to be. I do remember the days where it was really bad, um, multiple booting. So my two cents. So who should be doing this? Like, Brand new people. I, I think mean, um, um, I think they should. Wow. They should. Uh, as soon as you get a laptop, first thing you do, don't even boot Windows. Just put the disc in. No, don't, 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 do, don't do any of that. <laughs> don't listen to Joe. Experienced only, please. Experienced only. Yeah. Get comfortable. You know what I think? Get into a VM first. Mm-hmm. If you can, because a lot of different laptops and a lot of different desktops have are shipped with virtualization turned off. So you yep. typically have to reboot, get yep. into the BIOS, um, get in there and find out yep. the wacky way your BIOS decided to call virtualization extensions, whether it's VTD or SMV or what, whatever it yeah, is. It's different uh, everywhere. SVM, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and, and it's different for everybody, I swear. Um, but if, if you can't pass that hurdle, then dual booting is going to just, it's its not going to make your day. <laughs> it's going to be painful. It's going to be <laughs> it really be painful. painful. So start out with a VM because a, a lot of times you've got that live environment that it'll drop you in. So, you know, using something like VirtualBox, you pop the disk in and, and boot it up. And and these are the hurdles that you're already going to have to jump over to dual do, to, to do dual booting. And if, if, if it's tough for you in virtualization, it's going to be three times as tough in uh, in a real dual boot situation. So get in a VM, get familiar, get familiar with the desktop environments, get familiar with the install process, know what to expect after a reboot, all of that kind of stuff. And it, it does at least a little bit show you the kinds of things that you're going to expect when, uh, when, you, when you're actually getting into this. And, and those kinds of things actually matter. And a boost of confidence always helps everybody. Yeah. But Leo, is that uh, is that just advice we would tell people and not do ourselves? Maybe because I mean, look, look at all four of us here. I mean, I don't think any of oh, okay. I was not an expert when I did a dual boot oh, the first time. No, no, no. I don't no, think no. any of no, us. No, 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 I don't no. think any of us were ex. Like we were all kind of beginnerish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> When we did dual booting for the first time. So if you want to try it, it's okay. Just know that. Like, your advice is perfect. Your advice to try virtualization is and first and start there, that's the right way to do it. We just didn't follow that right way. And along with not trying it the right way, it was a very painful road. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the tools available to you now are far greater than what we had when we first started <laughs> trying this so, and, you know, we give you the advice because we've gone the hard road. That's, that's why we're telling you. Right. Yeah. The, the, There's a, the biggest thing that I think I, I would have benefited from is virtualization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't a thing no, back when no, I very first dual booted. So, nope. you know, I, I didn't have the luxury, but we do now. And you can learn a lot more before diving in that way. Yeah. Set up a dual boot on virtualization and oh and yeah and, and that'll give you a great experience also true yeah yeah the um the other thing it kind of to that point is i think when i first started playing around with it i definitely didn't do it on any production have to have right needs mm-hmm. to work yep. wait I, yeah i did <laughs> whoops <laughs> Um, I always would take my old, I took my old laptop and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let, let me, let me start monkeying with this. Um, now, and w- but I will even say this Rocco, to your point, you said about like, yeah, well, we were kind of new. We might've been newer to Linux, but I bet we were pretty familiar with computing in general. 
Oh, yeah. Or at least I yeah, was. definitely. Installed Windows I don't know how many times. Right. It goes back to that be familiar with with the tools you have. Be familiar with your BIOS. Be familiar with Windows. I mean, mm-hmm. if that is what you're dual booting, um, if, you're, if you're trying to do a Mac OS dual boot, be familiar with how to repair and rescue those things, but also be prepared to lose it all. I, yeah. You know, so make an image, back it up so you can restore it um, because it could happen. That makes Although me feel was, real good. Those, yeah. uh, the installers these days make it really easy as well. You'll notice mm-hmm. uh, the option in, is it, uh, I know, I think it's in Pop. It might be in Ubuntu as well, where if you went ahead and, and said, okay, I'm going to dedicate half this disk. So I've got a terabyte disk. I'm going to put 500 gigs to Ubuntu and I want to put 500 gigs to Windows. You can say, install alongside yeah. and it'll let you drag the size. It'll move the partition or it'll shrink the partition, create your new one. You don't even have to go in and uh, create the different, uh, you can do kind of a, a vanilla install. You don't have to go set your own home partition and root partition. It'll do all that for you. Um, so that does make it a lot more simple than it used to be. Yeah. Um, but once you get into beyond two distributions, like multi, 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 yeah. Octa boot. If you're nuts like me and you just like to punish SSDs, then you're, you're going to want to learn how to partition all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's some amazing guides on it uh, on the uh, on the Google. Well, on that's the, the thing. We, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I I would have considered myself a power user with Windows at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know nothing about Linux, but there were tutorials out there, and I followed them. And that's that's how I learned mm-hmm. to do all of it. So. But I did at one time, Joe, have a drive just like you with like m- like multiple, probably over 12 different distros on this drive partitioned out with it, with their own swap and, and everything mm-hmm. else. And it was like, that just became too much. I was like, no, <laughs> not doing it no more. Yeah, it, it can get a little bit, but I actually have gotten to where it's just second nature. I just, I don't even think about it. Um, uh, you know, you do something enough and it just becomes... I rarely run into problems on my laptop. And my laptop's where I do that. On my desktops, again, where we talked about where I can have 10 disks. Well, I don't have 10, but you know what I mean? You can have three, four, five disks if, if that's what your uh, your flavor is. It's a lot easier to dedicate a disk to it. But on a laptop where you have limited storage and it's my go everywhere machine, I take it with me everywhere I go. So if I want to got some time and I want to tinker around in OpenSUSE, I'm going to tinker around in OpenSUSE, you know? Well, where I was, was I didn't have those extra machines. It's great advice to have an extra machine and do a dual boot on it. But at the time I had a desktop. That was it. Right. So it was my main machine and I was blowing it up every time and pulling my hair out at the same time. So, yeah. Yep. I was in that same boat. I mean, I only ever had, at least when I first got started, like really diving into computing and stuff like that. I only had one desktop and it was everything to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and this is where my buy a separate disk advice comes from because I did blow it up over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Yep. Uh, another shocker, which you guys may or may not uh, agree with me on this, but if you have a newer machine, Windows has actually made it less scary to blow it out on accident. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because the way it installs now, as long as you just create a, a, a bootable disk, 
um, it ties everything to the hardware of the machine. So if you do accidentally blow it out and you go to reinstall, you don't have to worry about finding a activation code or any of that old junk we used to have to mess around with, with XP and windows seven. It actually goes, Oh, I remember I've I'm remnants of me are still here on your laptop, even though you wiped me out, I know where I am and it'll activate for you. And it, it's, it's actually pretty, pretty simple these days and and even if you do manage to blow out absolutely everything just format the whole disk there's no memory whatsoever left yeah if you log into a live account or a microsoft account when you're logging in initially it'll tie it to your account the the activation to your account so it'll it'll follow you as well except for you tinfoil hat folks who are like i'm not logging in with my online account listen (laughs) uh i know it exists i don't use it I'm just saying, man. I've got it all written down with with all my other cool, important stuff. Uh-huh. I never, never tie an account, and and I do take the time to go flip off every single one of those toggles as well. Yeah, every one of them off. Yeah. So uh, Cortana's not saving you, uh, Master Chief. I don't think I've ever heard her except for during the initial install when she just screams at you for no reason, and it's like Cortana, stop. I'm so glad they turned <laughs> that off. Yeah. yeah. So we need to have a lightning round of pros and cons for dual booting against dual booting. What do you think? Mm. First con, it'll blow up your entire system. Don't do it. <laughs> if you want a game, you have to do it. Yeah. If, 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 if you want a home on Linux. Yeah. If you want to play with software on actual metal hardware, you need to do it because it's not the same in a VM. WSL2 is really good. So you don't need to do it. <laughs> can i play can i play tux cart in wsl2 yes hey Probably. listen they are they are getting graphical applications going I know, on I know. so it's i mean coming. it is a thing that might be the first one it's coming <laughs> if you want to keep your job yeah and need to run software that they run you gotta do yeah. it you need it for the enterprise sorry hey but microsoft edge is coming to linux right it, it is getting closer <laughs> no really it is getting closer but it's not i'm quite excited there for yet. it if you just want a new laptop from your company, eh, blow it up. They'll have to get you something. <laughs> if you have spare hardware at all, do it. Yeah. If you get a hand-me-down or one that needs a new hard drive, that's, that's a perfect candidate. And if you want to learn about your computers and about the headaches that you go through, you got to do it. I definitely agree with that one. Learn stuff. That's, that's the biggest reason to do it. Right. Yeah, it's an education device. You want to practice uh, restoring your backups? It's a good reason to do it. You don't have to do that, Dan, when you don't have any. If you want to practice backing up any any <laughs> distro, <laughs> go ahead, light them all up, and then back them all up. If you fancy yourself a programmer and you still need Windows in your life, um, you, you're probably going to need to do it. Um, I think a lot of programming languages kind of assume that uh, you're going to have some kind of Unix base. Yep, I'll agree with that. So uh, one thing I know, guys, is, and I think all four of us settled on this, is I have my way, and I'm very comfortable with my way, and it it started from a tutorial that any of us could have gotten to on the internet, but I've developed my own system of how I, I process and handle things. Uh, you might think it's broken because I happened to delete my entire drive, but we won't mention that anymore. Whoops. And uh, But does my way have to match Dan's way? Of course not. No. There are a ton of ways to do it, and you have to find your own way, your own method, and what works best for you. 
So what works best for me is not having it on a on a single drive like you do, Joe. You mm-hmm. are familiar with Refine. You enjoy using it. It works for you. That does not work for me. I have to have it on a on a separate drive. So you but you, the most important thing is you got to learn the ways that works best for you and your hardware because all of the hardware is going to be different and it may work better a different way. You guys want to know a secret? Mhm. Windows is the only operating system on all of my disks that uses UEFI on my desktop. <sighs> yep. I'm a legacy booter. Yeah. But yeah, but this this goes back to a whole why does everything why, why does Linux decide to just throw all the UEFI stuff in the one UEFI partition? I mean, when there are obviously more than one UEFI partition, and I'm pretty sure I selected the right one, and it still didn't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, man, no. Uh, let me just reboot into legacy mode and uh, re- and install it that way. At least I know where the bootloader is going to go when I select this disk. Yep. So, yeah, I've, I've just stayed away from UEFI in mm-hmm. Linux. And th- I think a lot of that just comes from the fact that I was dual booting before UEFI was widespread. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was familiar with the legacy boot, I guess, BIOS boot back then, whatever. So one thing I have run into lately to that point, Leo, and so I, I was uh, the same. And I still, it, it's easier. It is much easier to leave Windows UEFI and throw everything else in legacy boot. But um, I got this uh, this other Lenovo recently, um, the AMD one, and it took me forever to figure out how to turn on Legacy Boot. They are really kicking it out the door and making it difficult to enable in a lot of these BIOS uh, settings. Yeah, I know that eventually it will go away, and I will I will truly have to dive into UEFI and do all of the uh, I don't know knife work that it's going to take to chop everything up exactly the way that I want it to. But for now, I'm on a 2015 laptop, so I don't have to. Um, but I mean, my, my laptop is actually all UEFI. Um, it, it I didn't need to because I don't have Windows on here. But on my desktop, I do have Windows, so I have to deal with it. And for there, yeah, as long as I can hold out, for as long as I can hold out, I will. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there will come a day where it'll be UEFI only, and I will have to do it. And well, that day I will probably install Refind. The Linux community has some fantastic members, and we want to make sure to highlight that. In our podcast showcase for this episode, we have the Ubuntu podcast which is now in its 13th season. Wah! Mark, Wimpy, and Popey do an amazing job, and I really enjoy every episode. And I also enjoyed the sometimes guest appearances by Laura and Stuart and everybody else they bring along. What do you guys think? That's a lot of curry, right? Yeah, a lot right? of curry. <laughs> At least 13 bowls of curry. Has the best music of all the podcasts. I love that what it's got to be like a 30s, 20s, 30s, I don't know. I love that yeah, music. Big band sort you, of sound. You get whiplash. Yeah. You get whiplash going that far back in time and then coming back oh. into uh the 20s or yeah, the, yeah, the 2020s ah, just, and uh talking about new tech. It's amazing. But they've yeah. done it for so long that they have it down pat. Like they have the best format like you know They'll they'll start out the show and they'll just do a quick hey what have you been up to type thing and and you get to know them personally by doing that and that is so awesome 
and the topics that they talk about, all three of them have a different take on it. And it's great to hear from each different side of it. And they, they like rip on each other sometimes. And they, you know, it's, it just has every element of a podcast that you would enjoy. It has yeah. laughter. It has information. It's easy listening. It's not super long, like ridiculous podcasts that are over an hour. Um, Some user and, space <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't, uh, who? Huh? Uh, Great podcast. One of the best. Right. And despite its name, they don't only talk about Ubuntu. So there's a lot of subjects that come up in the podcast. So yep. it's 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 a joy. I, it's one of the highlights of my week. I, I'm I'm sad when they are in hiatus and uh, going to have a, a curry so they can decide. So um, yeah, one of the faves. Honestly, right now it it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily throw me too terribly off my game because I have so many podcasts I need to catch up on. <laughs> Quiet your face. Don't say that. Uh, I listen <laughs> to almost as many podcasts as Telegram messages I read. So if that gives you any indication. But this one is towards the top for sure. Yep. Definitely. It's, it's, it's been in my podcast catcher for a long time. All right. If you like what you hear on this show, please consider sponsoring us on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash Linux user space. That's patreon.com forward slash Linux user space, all one word. Please follow us on Twitter at Linux user space to get all the latest announcements for this show and highlights for things that impact your user space. We also have our growing Telegram group where I read all the messages. It's just a warning. <laughs> Please join us over there. Linux user space dot show slash Telegram to continue the conversation. Dan knows everything about Dan, everything. I am Telegram. Everything. I have a message for you. Please read me now. Lastly, don't forget to rate this podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast application and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. You can always get more information at our website, linuxuserspace.show. This is App Focus, where we focus on the app. And this episode, we're going to talk about Refined. Joe brought it up a little while ago, but I want to dive a little deeper into what this thing is. On, on, their, on their website, they specifically say they are a boot manager, not the same or not to be confused with a boot loader. Simply put, Refine's job is to point to all the bootloaders on the system in an easy-to-find way. If, you ever, if you've ever seen a Mac boot into a Windows installation via Bootcamp, mm -hmm. you'll understand Refine. The coolest thing, I think, about Refine is that the way that it installs itself is that it just shows up as another boot device in your boot list. So you'll probably only ever have to do, uh, from for most of my motherboards, it's F11 or Enter or something like that, to get that. And then you just shuffle them around, put Refind up on the top, and then every single boot after that, it's just going to show you a list of everything it finds. The coolest thing, one of the coolest things that I think about uh, about it is that you can edit it like on the fly. Right when you boot into it, it gives you a big old list of everything. And if, if you've got a Windows install on there, it's going to throw a few extra boot options out at you. It's like, hey, Windows recovery. Hey, Windows boot. Hey, Windows. And you'll probably want to just delete them. And you can do that with the delete key. 
just hit yeah, delete, yeah, done. And it's gone. It, it, so it's they don't actually mess with your uh, bootloaders or anything like that. It just hides them. So it doesn't really do anything other than present everything to you. And I think that is really fantastic. And as I was mentioning back in the beginning of the show or during the uh, during our main segment, I'm not a UEFI guy, but once I'm forced to be, Refind is probably going to be where I go. So why would why would you want it? Joe, why do you use Refind instead of just kind of dealing with it some other way? Um, well, like I mentioned before, it, it just solves a problem for me because, because especially on my laptop where I just, I'm constantly rotating in and distros in and out, especially whether they're for the show or, or, or Biddle or wh- whatever we're doing, I'm, I'm constantly rotating them out sometimes. And when you are installing them, sometimes the, the new install is going to find grub and be like, ah, mine. And now when you go to reboot, it owns the boot. And now you can go in and change it and, and try and um, adjust your uh, bio settings to to overcome that. But that's where Refine comes in. It will just, you can point it right at the Endeavor OS uh, boot or right at the Manjaro boot or right at the Ubuntu boot. And I don't have to worry about it or right to Windows. It just makes my life so much easier when it comes to multi-booting. Yeah. And it could be a savior too. One of the one of the funniest things I think that Refine can do for us is, let's say you do install a second or third or fourth or how many, Joe, six, five, something like Eight, that. Nine, that 12, yeah. 13, yeah. <laughs> that many versions of Linux. And, and it does happen. You realize Grub is blown up, blown to smithereens. You don't know where it's at. If you can get into any of your Linux installs and get Refine installed, then it can save you from all this list of broken grubs. You can install Refind, which is, by the way, it is extremely simple to do. It's two steps. If you're on a Debian-based distro with Refind in the repo, it is sudo apt install Refind, and then sudo refind-install. Done. That is it. You can do more. You can configure it more from that point, but you don't have to. Install it, reboot, pick it in the boot menu, put it up to be number one, It'll take care of everything for you at that point. I, uh, that's, that's just, it's fantastic. And the fact that it can be used as a recovery tool in those dire situations where you've blown up grub, it'll still find your stuff and it'll still point you where you need to go. So uh, I, I did it actually not too terribly long ago. Um, it, it was actually during one of our distros we were installing. Uh, I think it it was before SUSE. So it must've been Fedora. Fedora, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I rebooted, and I chose Linux Mint uh, in the UEFI, and it was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, hold on, what? So anyway, but but I ended up uh, doing it the hard way, right? I mean, I booted into the Linux Mint uh, live disk and fixed it manually, but knowing now that I could have just installed Refind and at least sidestepped the issue for a while... I mean, because that was a recording day. So I was kind of oh, panicked. Well, so I was like, you know, yeah, I kind of need to fix it. Um, you know, having having that as a, having refined as a backup for, I don't know how to fix it right now. I need to be able to boot in real quick, real quick. So let me just install refined and, you know, move on. That is fantastic. So Dan, Rocco, do y'all just bear back or you refine? Do you use some other kind of boot manager? 
usually boot one distro. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good good thing there, Dan. Um, simple, simple. I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't. No, I've always used Grub and, you know, old machines. So I didn't have any EFI. So, yeah, I've always done it that way. Yeah. I haven't used Refine before, but I can put it on the list of something to try. You're not going to do it, Dan. Probably not. Dan, Dan, Dan's dinner plate, like the peas, they don't touch the mashed potatoes. No, they don't. <laughs> and they do, none of that touches the the meatloaf. It's on a separate plate. It's not. It's the can't touch. There's no way. It's on a totally different platter. Dan, very happy, very happy that you dare to dream. Thanks for sharing your dreams with You're us. You're welcome, Joe. Just for you. <laughs> well, I can say that um, I'm don't have a need or a use case for refined right at the moment, but I do have a problem with it being the app focus because, you know, Joe's the one that brought this up and, true. you know, we can't use the blame Joe hashtag for this. Are okay? you sure? I get a win. I got a win. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, hold on. Like, blame Joe doesn't always have to be bad, even though at 99.999% of the time it is. You can blame me for good stuff. Fine. We'll blame him for good stuff too. World peace, uh, I don't know, stimulus checks. I, you can blame me for some good stuff. Sure. I don't know. Maybe we can blame Joe for adding refine to our tool belt so that we can recover from a borked grub takeover and then work our way back to fix it without as much panic as there normally is with something like that. So Rocco, you know one place it would be useful for you What's that? Which is another place it was useful for me is because uh, Pop! OS does not install with Grub at all. Right. Oh, System so Deboot, right? Yep. Yeah. So you have to F11 or, or F whatever it is, choose your- um, F11 is what I yeah, use, yes. And then you have to choose the disk. Whereas if you did have it installed, it would just show up Windows and Pop for you or whatever else you got on there all the time. And then you never have to mess with it. Um, huh. so just, then you don't ever have to hit that key. You just hit enter right. or, or arrow enter and you don't have to get into the, there to select. So just a thought. I'll check it out. Yeah. It, it, it's totally worth it. I mean, the screen that I see when I boot is quite literally the BIOS screen that lists all of my disks out for me. It's U, UEFI partitions or UEFI, um, things on top and then disks further down. And I mean, because of the way that I install my operating systems, I mean, I, I choose a disk, like a right. data SU8100, and that boots into Linux Mint. I'm like, <laughs> that works. <laughs> right. So one more thing on Refine, which I forgot to mention, which blew my mind, because I think, I don't know about you guys, but when I have these tools, Ventoy is another one we didn't mention for multi-booting. If you're going to dual boot Ventoy, learn Ventoy. Fantastic. That is yeah. make your life so simple. But with Refine... Uh, I got, I mentioned that Lenovo laptop I got and I went to immediately, of course, shrink the partition, windows partition and start putting other junk on it as fast as I could. I went to install, uh, Ubuntu 2010 to do some testing and it said, do you want to install refined? It was built into the Lenovo laptop. I what? didn't install refined. That's amazing. It said, do you want to install refined? That's really so cool. that to me if Lenovo has decided that this is a good option to include, I haven't, I haven't done any research on it to see or find, but it was there. And it's like, Oh, do you want to install refind? I'm like, 
Yes, sir. <laughs> Please. Wow. Nice. And and then I came back to it. Refind was there. And then it, it also, rec- it, by the way, Refind also recognize any USB disks you have plugged in. So they show up also in your boot options. So if you, you can arrow over and just boot from USB as well, um, you don't have to go change that setting. But yeah, the fact that Lenovo was using it, I thought, man, that's a, that's a mainstream tool mm-hmm. now. Mainstream yeah, tool. definitely. Now, if you go to their website, don't be afraid. You haven't stumbled across Linux Mint's website. Uh, they're about the same age looking, but- Do um, your eyes bleed when you see it? No, because it at okay. least is a normal human eye color that we can process. <laughs> Maybe Linux Mint is, is for robots. Linux Mint's for Ninja Turtles because it's mutagen <laughs> ooze green. Now, I love that show, and that makes a lot of sense now. Doesn't it? Yeah. It does, yeah. But anyways- Yes, Refined, Lenovo, it's a pro tool now is what I'm calling it. It's a pro tool. Definitely. Last thing I'll say about it is you can theme it. That is fantastic. I've I seen like that. I've, I've seen themes that match every distribution out there. You want to theme it to look like Windows? You can do that. You want to theme it to look like Ubuntu? Those were particularly good. You can theme it anything, anything. There's a theme out there for it. You don't even have to make them. You just have to put them in the right spot. And everything just looks way more beautiful. Because I will say, the base theme, eh, not so much. So this is the part of the show where we go into the future. And we talk about what we're going to talk about next time. But in order to do that the right way, we need to go back in the past and find out what we were thinking when we p- picked the distro of the month for October as deep in. So there are many questions whenever you talk about certain distributions from certain areas of the world and they come up with privacy questions, they come up with security questions. And this is a conversation that we had that we needed to have before we picked deep in as the distro of the month to try. So Where do we stand on distributions that are from countries that may be or may be considered uh, privacy intrusive or security risks? I think the main thing is that a lot of times it's just perception. A lot of times we, we get information from a bunch of different places and that information doesn't jive with what we can see. And I don't know. I mean, the, the coolest thing about open source in general is that you can see it. It's out there in the open for anybody to see. And and not that everybody goes in and dives into it and looks at every single line of code and verifies that it's legit. But the fact that you can do that is already, you can shine a light on it. And it's way harder to hide behind stuff like that. So, I mean, number one, that that's, I'm fine with it because of that. The fact that you can just, the light can be shown on something like that. I think it's okay to verify before you trust, possibly. Um, and a lot of the issues have been debunked, I think, with some of these distros. So you really need to know your source, where if you can trust them or not. Um, and sometimes the first impression that someone throws out there is not quite correct so you need to maybe wait for another or a couple to to actually verify the information so 
I like to uh, do my own homework. Dan. Yes. Did you read the Eula in mm-hmm. Deep In? I know you like reading things. I, did you read the Eula? I honestly didn't read the whole thing, but I read enough of it to uh, get a little concerned, but it wasn't it wasn't any worse than some of the other Eulas I've uh, took a peek at, and uh, they're a little closer to home, if you know what I mean. Here's my thing on this. I don't distrust any particular anything because of where it comes from. I distrust them once I read that Eula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> once they tell us to distrust yeah, them. Well, That's okay. it right there. It, like it, I said, it was not all that dissimilar from one that I've read just across the way. Oh, I don't know. I mean, like it, it felt like reading a Microsoft Eula. Yeah, exactly. It, it felt like it's on the other. A it's on the other coast Eula. for me. So. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. None, none of the things that I saw in there just it. None of it really made me any, perk up any more than nope. I've perked up because uh, Cortana is going to be vacuuming up all of my info. You know. Yeah, I agree with that. That's why I whisper to Cortana so nobody can hear. <laughs> Cortana hears all. Okay. Well, I, but then it's just me and her. Nobody else. Is oh, true. Right. Okay. It down. Yeah. She sh- she would never share. What did you think when we first brought up? entertaining the idea of deep in um i thought man i'm glad i have life lock <laughs> um, <laughs> well what are you doing putting your social security number in there just saying well you know i don't, I don't know it just it, it's my password for all my sites um oh that makes sense no wonder i could get into all of your stuff well, it's, I I don't have anything. You can have it. I don't put anything <laughs> that I'm for. I don't put it out there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not terribly. I'm not a tinfoil hat guy. Uh, to for the most part, I'm a I'm a. I consider myself a pragmatist. Uh, in, in some of these things, I try and just think through it and go, okay, well, what makes sense? What doesn't? What's a what's a calculated risk? What isn't? So as far as them, um, if there was the opportunity to steal my information, well, I'm testing out a distro from that part of the world. I'm not going to log into anything that's critical to my life. I- I'm not going to install things that are uh, potentially going to um, give away things that could hurt me until I'm comfortable with what's there. So it's, you know, I'm just not going to get in and be like, oh, let me install Bitwarden from their repo uh, that's built into the system. And 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 then, oh, let me just, because well, I don't know, what if they're logging my keystroke? I, I don't, I'm just saying I give it a chance and test it out without putting it all out there. And then as I get comfortable with something, then it, you know. So you're saying loose, you but- didn't complete the census in Deepin? So I did not sign up for the Deepin account that was not in my language. No, I did not. <laughs> I, well, di- I did not sign into the store. Deepin is the distro of the month that we picked, but there are other distros out there mm-hmm. that are fall into that same boat, like UKUI. Yeah. To be honest with you, the, the biggest Wait, who, concern what? I had with, with actually UKUI or uh, uh, Chillin as well is, is the localization right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, seriously, my biggest fear was like, if I can't read it, I'll, I'll like, what what am I gonna do when I get into trouble? Like, uh, what right. am I supposed? How do I back out? So that that was that seriously was my biggest concern. Uh, Leo, you meant Kylin, Ky- right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Kylin. No, chillin. No, chillin. <laughs> no. Ky- it's Ky- chillin. 
It's chilling. It's, it's KY. It's chilling like a villain. Yeah. Absolutely oh, chilling. Oh. oh, okay. I stole your line, Joe. I really want an ice pop now. The ones, the one, the plastic ones that hurt the sides of your mouth whenever you're, you know. Yeah. 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 All right. So that is our thoughts about the whole security scenario for distributions from certain areas. I think everybody has their own level of security and privacy that they expect that they want in their life, in their computer life. Um, we would love you to follow along with us with Deepin for this whole month. Next episode, we're going to try it or we're going to talk about our experience this month. But that is completely up to you and your level of security and privacy. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for your support. Please continue to follow along as we continue to test the beautiful Deep In desktop. Where can we find you, fine folks? You can find me at Big Daddy Linux. You can find me at Jojo underscore Fett. You can find me at Leo Chavez. And you can find me at KC2BEZ. Join us in two weeks when we return to the Linux user space. Outro? Outro. Socials. Outro. It was it was 14 seconds ago, Dan, in the show. No one will know. No one's going to know. They're like goldfish. Just tap the glass and they forget all the, over <laughs> and over. That's what it is. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Pantofluff at the pillow. Oh, let me get you fresh towel. Ah, oh, thank you, Dan. This is App Focus, where we focus on the app. I love that. I love that, dude. That is so great. It's it's your voice. It's your it's your like delivery. Yeah, I love it. It's this is App Focus, where we focus on the app. I, I was just gonna take Joe and throw that in there <laughs> <laughs> for crying out loud, Pete's for Pete's sake, by for Pete's sake, Dan, by God, gee Willikers, by golly, that's a malarkey. Where can we? F- <laughs> Leo, you're going to have... I'm sorry, I'm sorry Leo. <laughs> that was all Rocco. I kept it in. I kept it in. I covered his face with my webpage for crying out Rocco's loud. Rocco's not editing this week. He's oh, like, okay. I'm going to blow this thing no, wide open. I should have hit my foot pedal. I should have, but I didn't. It's okay. I'm just going to cut out the whole last bit of the show. All of it. Just, just, just outro music. Nobody listens back here anyway. <laughs> <laughs>